0: chapter 6 of the portent this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by larry wilson the portent by george macdonald chapter 6 my quarters after making arrangements for commencing work in the morning i took my leave and retired to my own room intent upon carrying out with more minuteness the survey i had already commenced several cupboards in the wall and one or two doors apparently of closets had especially attracted my attention strange was its look as i entered as of a room hollowed out of the past for memorial of dead times the fire had sunk low and lay smouldering beneath the white ashes like the life of the world of beneath the snow, or the heart of a man beneath cold and gray thoughts. I lighted the candles which stood upon the table, but the room, instead of being brightened, looked blacker than before, for the light revealed its essential blackness. As I cast my eyes around me, standing with my back to the hearth, on which for mere companionship's sake I had just heaped fresh wood, a thrill ran suddenly throughout my frame. I felt as if, did it last a moment longer, I should become aware of another presence in the room. But, happily for me, it ceased before it had reached that point, and I, recovering my courage, remained ignorant of the cause of my fear, if there were any, other than the nature of the room itself. With a candle in my hand i proceeded to open the various cupboards and closets at first i found nothing remarkable about any of them the latter were quite simply empty except the last i came to which had a piece of very old elaborate tapestry hanging at the back of it lifting this up i saw what seemed at first to be panels corresponding to those which formed the room but on looking more closely i discovered that this back of the closet was or had been a door there was nothing unusual in this especially in such an old house but the discovery roused in me a strong desire to know what lay behind the old door i found that it was secured only by an ordinary bolt from which the handle had been removed soothing my conscience with the reflection that i had a right to know what sort of place had communication with my room i succeeded by the help of my deer-knife in forcing back the rusty bolt and though from the stiffness of the hinges i dreaded the crack they yielded at last with only a creak the opening door revealed a large hall empty utterly save of dust and cobwebs which festooned it in all quarters and gave it an appearance of unutterable desolation the now familiar feeling that i had seen the place before filled my mind the first moment and passed away the next a broad right-angled staircase with massive banisters rose from the middle of the hall this staircase could not have originally belonged to the ancient wing which i had observed on my first approach being much more modern but i was convinced from the observations i had made as to the situation of my room that i was bordering upon if not within the oldest portion of the pile in sudden horror lest i should hear a light footfall upon the awful stair i withdrew hurriedly and having secured both the doors betook myself to my bedroom in whose dingy four-post bed with its carving and plumes reminded me of a hearse i was soon ensconced amidst the snowiest linen with the sweet and clean odour of lavender in spite of novelty antiquity speculation and dread i was soon fast asleep becoming thereby a fitter inhabitant of such regions than when i moved about with restless and disturbing curiosity through their ancient and death-like repose. I made no use of my discovered door, although I always intended doing so. Especially after in talking about the building with Lady Hilton, I found that I was at perfect liberty to make what excursions I pleased into the deserted portions. My pupils turned out to be teachable, and therefore my occupation was pleasant. THEIR SISTER FREQUENTLY CAME TO ME FOR HELP, AS THERE HAPPENED TO BE JUST THEN AN interrogum OF GOVERNESSES. SOON SHE SETTLED INTO A REGULAR pupil. AFTER A FEW WEEKS, LORD HILTON RETURNED. THOUGH MY ROOM WAS SO FAR FROM THE GREAT HALL, I HEARD THE CLANK OF HIS SPURS ON ITS PAVEMENT. I TREMBLED, FOR IT SOUNDED LIKE THE BROKEN SHOE, BUT I SHOOK OFF THE INFLUENCE IN A MOMENT heartily ashamed of its power over me so i became familiar enough both with the sound and its cause for his lordship rarely went anywhere except on horseback and was booted and spurred from morning till night he received me with some appearance of interest which immediately stiffened and froze beginning to shake hands with me as if he meant it he instantly dropped my hand as if it had stung him his nobility was that sort which stands in constant need of repair like a weekly constitution it required keeping up and his lordship could not be said to neglect it for he seemed to find his principal employment in administering continuous doses of obsequiousness to his own pride his rank like a coat of mail for some large ancestor hung loose upon him he was always trying to persuade himself that it was an excellent fit but ever with an unacknowledged misgiving this misgiving might have done him good had he not met it with renewed efforts at looking that which he feared he was not yet this man was capable of the utmost persistency in carrying out any scheme he had once devised enough of him for the present i seldom came into contact with him i scarcely ever saw lady alice except at dinner or by accidental meeting in the grounds and passages of the house and then she took no notice of me whatever End of chapter six